Hello and welcome to the Green Hornet from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Green Hornet. He hunts the biggest of all game, public enemies who try to destroy our America. his faithful Filipino valet Cato, Britt Reed, daring young publisher, matches wits with racketeers and saboteurs, risking his life that criminals and enemy spies will feel the weight of the law by the sting of the Green Hornet. Ride with Britt Reed in the thrilling adventure, Flames of Wrath. The Green Hornet strikes again. Before our story, here's an important message. Do you know that half of all the nation's Pullman cars and one out of every three coaches are in constant military service? And here's another important fact. Despite a threefold increase in passenger mileage since the start of the war, the railroads have less equipment today than they had at the beginning of the First World War. Today, railroads are war roads. Civilians must forego all travel that's not absolutely necessary. This includes trips to other cities to visit friends, weekend trips home, sightseeing and shopping trips, trips to the races and other amusements, and particularly trips over the Labor Day weekend. Remember, curtailed civilian travel is the only answer to the transportation problem. Pleasure and non-essential trips must wait. And now, the Green Hornet. excitement along the waterfront. Ed Lowry, reporter for the Daily Sentinel, couldn't suppress the excitement in his voice as he phoned the story to his paper from a nearby telephone. Yeah, that's right. The warehouse on Pier 36 is blazing like the devil. Yeah, they got about the whole fire department down here fighting it. Well, the warehouse is full of war material for shipment abroad. Oh, well, what's that? No, nobody knows how it started. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll stick around and call in later. So long. Next morning, Britt Reed, young man about town and publisher of the Daily Sentinel, was in his office talking to Lowry. That was quite a story you got on that fire last night, Lowry. Evidently, there was a big loss in vital war material. I'll say there was, Chief. You know, that was a second pier fire within a week, too. Yes, I know. 
Strange that both fires had such a headway before they were discovered. Yeah. Seems like they both started inside the warehouses. I understand those piers are extremely well guarded. Doesn't seem possible anyone could get inside the warehouses and out again without being seen. No, you're right. Nobody could. Learn anything from Sergeant Burke this morning? No, no, no. Uh, Burke said that so far, investigations didn't come forth with any sign of sabotage. But as far as I could see, there wasn't enough left of the warehouses to find any kind of evidence, even if there was any around. Well, well, they'll probably double the guards around the other piers from now on. So I guess if there has been any underhand work going on, it'll come to an end. Of course, from what you say Burke told you, well, there's no reason for us to suspect sabotage in the case of those two fires. Well, looks like whatever started them is going to stay a big secret. But to my way of thinking, it looks funny. Mighty funny. Early that evening, a long black car of unusual type and power sped through the darkness along the river road. Good thing no one observed black beauty in the vicinity up here, Mr. Brick. Yes, Cato. That's why I had you park in the shadows while I did a little investigating. If I be picked up near where fire took place... I have difficult time explaining I'm not spy, perhaps. <laughs> yes. And I'd have a hard time explaining what my Filipino valet was doing driving the car of the Green Hornet. What do you find out? Just what I expected, kiddo. The piers are doubly guarded on all sides. No one would have a chance of getting into any of the warehouses. Then you think your hunch about saboteurs is mistake, perhaps? Well, it looks that way. Police, Mr. Brace. Car pull out from side street and coming behind us. Yes. Evidently, the police are on the watch down this way. We'll have to lose them. Then we'll return to the apartment. There's nothing more we can do down here. Step on it. In the meantime, several miles away, on the highway leading into the city, two men were following a trailer-type truck. Our plan of sabotage is foolproof, Max. It's so simple, and yet no one suspects. Ah, they don't give us credit for being persistent, Goss. These Americans are easy marks now for our work. You're right. Because the Allies are sweeping over France, because Paris has fallen, they think we will give up. They think victory is already theirs. Yeah, but they've not yet reached Berlin. And all our agents over here have orders to do everything to stop the flow of supplies. And we are doing our share, eh, Max? Yeah. Look, the truck has stopped up ahead. As we hoped, the drivers have stopped to eat and give us the chance we've been waiting for. Put out the lights, Max, and stop the car a short distance in front of the truck. Yeah. And if we work fast, we can finish the job and be on our way before they come out, just as we did with the others. <laughs> yeah, before the night is over, we'll hear of another pier in flames. <laughs> Ready to go, Ed? Yeah. That dev I sure hit the spot. Here you are, buddy. Keep the change. Stop it again, fellas. Right. Yeah. Well, it's time we got rolling, Joe. Hey, Come look. Get... Somebody running away from the truck. Well, I'll be. Hey, you! He's getting in the car. That sneak was up to something. Switch on the light. You see anything wrong in here? Nope. Whatever he was up to, we must have scared him off just in time. Yeah, lucky we come out when we did. 
Well, we might as well get rolling. No harm done. Get plenty of gas. Sounds like we might have blew a gasket or something. No telling. Maybe that guy we saw did something to the motor or something. Could be. Ah, oh, doggone it. We would have been at the pier warehouse and unloaded within a half hour if this hadn't have happened. No telling how long it'll take us to find the trouble and fix it. Ah, well, grab the tools, Joe, and come on. <laughs> Some job. We sure lost a lot of time locating the trouble and getting it fixed. You said it. Nearly two hours. Well, get up in the cab and step on the starter to make sure it'll run. It's no use of me picking up all the tools until... Hey, look. Smoke coming out of the back of the truck. What the... Joe, our load's on fire. There's flames coming out, too. There's a fire extinguisher in the cab here. We gotta work fast. Now, come on. Hurry. following morning, Britt Reed entered the outer office to find Lenore Case, his secretary, scanning the headlines in the early edition of the Daily Sentinel. Good morning, Miss Case. Oh, oh, good morning, Mr. Reed. Is the Sentinel crowded with scoops this morning? Well, I wouldn't say that exactly. You know, I was just thinking, isn't it funny the way things run in threes? What made you think of that? Three more war victories? No. No, I was thinking of those pier fires. Pier fires? Was there another one of them? No, no, not exactly. But a big truck en route to one of the piers and loaded with war materials of some kind caught fire on the highway last night. Oh? Well, there's just a short item about it, but it caught my eye and made that thought about things happening in threes come into my mind, which adds up to practically nothing at all. Well, you never can tell. Oh, by the way, who gave in that item of news, do you know? I heard Lowry mention it, so I guess he phoned it in last night sometime. I see. Uh, speaking of Lowry, when he comes in, tell him I want to see him in my office. Yes, Mr. Reed. I'll call the city room and leave word for him to come up just as soon as he comes in. Oh, you, you want to see me, Chief? Oh, hello, Lowry. Uh, yes, sit down. Oh, thanks. Well, what's cooking? I understand you phoned in that item about the truck burning out on the highway. Oh, yeah, yeah. What about it? Well, I'm curious to know a little more about it. Like what, for instance? Where was it coming from? What was it carrying? And what started the fire? Well, off the record, Chief, it was coming from a new war plant out at Maywood. It was loaded with parts for a new secret weapon, crated stuff. I see. And it was going to one of the pier warehouses? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was hanging around cops headquarters last night with nothing much happening, so when the report of that truck fire came in, I went out there with Burke. Well, what caused the fire? Did you find out? No. No, the guys on the truck didn't know. Seems the truck broke down, a short circuit or something. And they worked on it for a couple hours, getting it fixed. And just about the time they're ready to roll, they got hep of smoke pouring out of the body of the truck. Just like that, eh? Yep, just like that, Chief. Hey, why all the interest in that truck? Because truckloads of war material don't burst into flame without cause, Lowry. Oh, some of those dopes get careless where they throw cigarette butts or matches, Chief. 
Well, there was a little open window in the front end of the trailer body, so they could have done it easy enough. Maybe so. But it seems to me it would take something stronger than a cigarette or a smoldering match to start wooden crates blazing like that. Maybe so. Anyway, that's the only thing I can think it could have happened. Well, it still seems strange to me. Well, if you're thinking of sabotage, it'd be a dumb way to try to slow up supplies by hitting it one truck at a time and it carrying only a part of one secret weapon at that. Have it your way. And then there was nothing suspicious to your way of thinking. No, not in regard to the fire. Oh, of course, the driver did say that a couple hours before, they'd come out of an eating joint along the road in time to scare some mug away from the truck. You mean they saw someone tampering with the truck? Well, all they saw was, well, it was just somebody running away from it. He hopped into a car and beat it. But if he had set that fire, it would have blazed up long before it did. You say the contents of the truck started burning two hours or more after they saw the unknown man run away from it? Right, Chief. That's what both the driver and his helper told me. They think the guy was only trying to steal tools or something out of the truck cab. They got the fire out before it did too much damage. Well, that was fortunate anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to know, Chief? Oh, I guess that's all, Larry. <laughs> You've told me enough to satisfy my curiosity. Okay. <laughs> Sorry I couldn't give you any dope that put you wise to a good spy story, Chief. Well, anyway, Larry, I'm not overcome with disappointment. Thanks for the information you did give. At least it gave me something to think about. That evening, Britt Reed went to his apartment, where Cato, his faithful Filipino valet, and the only person knowing his identity as the Green Hornet was waiting. Cato, we're going out tonight in the Black Beauty. Oh, you still think maybe Saboteur is responsible for fires at Riverfront Warehouses, Mr. Brink? I'm rapidly coming to that conclusion, Cato. Then we go to do more investigating along Riverfront? No, Cato. I heard something today that gave me a hunch about how those fires were started. Also, it convinced me that saboteurs are at work. And the only way to convince anybody else is to catch them at their work. And that's a job for the Green Hornet. Let's get going, Cato. Stepping through a secret panel in the rear of a closet in his bedroom, Britt Reed and Cato went along a narrow passageway built within the walls of the apartment house itself. This passage led to an adjoining building which fronted on a dark side street. Though supposedly abandoned, this building served as the hiding place for the sleek, super-powered Black Beauty, streamlined car of the Green Hornet. Britt Reed pressed a button. The great car roared into life. A section of the wall in front raised automatically then closed as the gleaming black beauty sped into the darkness. We'll continue our Green Hornet adventure in just a minute. Tomorrow, August 30th, marks the 31st anniversary of naval aviation... Throughout the Pacific today, mighty carrier task forces are spearheading the widespread offensive against the Japanese homeland. Fast, hard-hitting teams of Navy ships and planes led the way for the occupation of Guam, Saipan, and the Marshals. The officers and men of naval aviation are highly trained specialists. The Navy pilot has the longest, most expensive, and most thorough flight training in the world. The air crewman, too, is expertly trained in each of two specialized duties, making him of double value to his Navy air crew. Tomorrow, as naval aviation celebrates its 31st anniversary, let America pay tribute to the officers and men of this flying and fighting branch of the naval service. And now, back to our story. 
convinced that the pier fires were the work of saboteurs, and deciding that the truck fire had something to do with the plans of the foreign agents, Britt Reed directed Cato to drive the Black Beauty along the highway well outside of the city. Soon the gleaming car was parked in a side road off the highway. Not knowing what Britt Reed was planning to do, Cato's curiosity was aroused. Why we have Black Beauty parked in side road off highway, Mr. Britt? We're waiting for a truck to come from the direction of Maywood, Cato. Also, I have a feeling that not far behind the truck, there'll be... The truck coming down, Mr. Britt. Yes, I hear it. What we do now? Wait a minute. If what I think is true, there ought to be a car trailing that truck. Not seem to be any car. Hmm. Maybe that the ones I'm looking for will be waiting for the truck a little nearer the city. All right, kiddo. We'll follow the truck aways. Get going. Noticing that car trail, miss? Yeah, I was just going to mention it. Wonder what's the idea? I don't know. We're going to find out plenty quick. What are you going to do? Look, since last night I got a gun with me, see? Now, right after we get around that turn ahead, I'm going to swing the truck across the road and stop. Are you nuts? I don't get it. Well, look, we'll be blocking the road, see? As soon as we stop, we hop out of the cab. When that car comes to a stop like they'll have to, we'll jump on the running board and take them by surprise. They better do some good explaining, or else. Truck out of sight around curb, Mr. Bree. Speed up a little, Cato. I don't want to lose sight of them. Soon we see them around this curb. Look out, Cato. The road's blocked. Just tell you, Muggs. I got this gun on you. Hey, look. It's... It's a green hornet. You'd better put down that gun, fella. Don't you try to bluff me, hornet. You're the sneak who tampered with our truck last night. And hornet or no hornet, I'm going to see you get what's coming to you once and for all. For an instant, Britt Reed and Cato were taken completely by surprise. And as Britt Reed glanced at the two men who stood on each running board of the Black Beauty, he realized that the husky truckers wouldn't be easily scared off. Also, he could tell that one of the one with a gun in his hand meant business. Unseen by the truckers, he made a slight motion with his hand, which Cato immediately understood. Then, to gain a few seconds' time, he spoke. Put down that gun! Yeah, I heard you the first time. But no go, Hornet. I got you dead to rights. I not think so. Oh, watch out! Oh, no, you don't... Get off that running board! Oh, I'll get you for that! Good work, Cato. Turn around, quickly. You turn around fast as I can, Mr. Bean. Try, hurry. They not know you here to help them, Mr. Bill. No, and I don't want to have trouble with them. Step on it, Cato. Sometime later, Goss and Max headed their car out the highway from the city. Do you expect to follow the same routine as last night, Goss? Wait until they stop at that eating place we just passed? That seems to be the only place along the highway the truckmen stop to eat, Max. We don't dare stop them forcibly, or our plan wouldn't work. It's necessary that they don't know anyone's been near the truck. Yeah, that's right. Look, 
There comes the talk now. Are we going to follow that one? If it's one of the trucks from the plant at Maywood, I'll be able to tell in a minute. Yeah, that's one of them, Max. Stop and turn around. We'll follow it. Yeah. Do you think anyone became suspicious? No, I don't think so. Even so, we must take the chance, Max. Now, why do you say that? Because the warehouse to which the trucks from Maywood are going on Pier 51 is stacked with a very vital war material. All the parts of a new secret weapon, ready for shipment. Have you found out what it is? Yes. Hundreds of improved super robot bombs for use against our homeland. You mean they have better robot bombs than we're using against England? Sad to say, these Americans are smart. Yes, robot bombs that are much better, much bigger. Such a weapon would be a death blow against the fatherland. Yes, perhaps. Look, the truck is stopped at the eating place. Park in front of it as you did before. I hope this time there's no hitch. Our plan worked the other two times, Max. Last night was unfortunate, that's all. And we... Max, did you see what I saw as we passed the parked truck just now? Yes, we better not stop. It's a trap. Stop the car, Max. But they're not in the eating place, course. We both saw the two men crouch down inside the cab of the talk waiting. Of course, Max. It must be the same two men who drove the truck that burned last night. They saw us following and planned to trap us. But they don't know we saw them waiting. Now, what'll we do? We'll get out and walk back. As if we don't know about them. As we get alongside the cab, we'll attack them. But what about getting the talk to the pier? We'll take their jumpers and badges, and we'll drive the truck to the pier ourselves. And get away before... Before the damage. Come on. They're coming, Joe. Better be ready with that wrench. Hey, I'm positive that ain't the Hornet's car. I noticed it when it passed by. I know. Probably somebody's gang. Whatever they're after, they ain't gonna get it if I can help it. Here they come. Let them go past and we'll pop out at them. Keep down low. What the... Just this. Oh, hey, you can't get away with that. Don't come. Good work, Max. I was afraid they'd make a lot of noise before we could quiet them. What do we do now? You have the necessary tool with you. Of course, here it is. Then go into the trailer and get to work on the crates. I'll get the jumpers and badges off these two. When you come back, we'll drag them over into the bushes. I'll hurry. Someone in the eating place may come out. Yeah. (laughs) And tonight we will not fail, of course. to go very fast. Hope we not meet car while we run without lights on, Mr. Brie. If we see the headlights of a car coming toward us, we'll turn them on, Cato. But we're nearing the place where the truck drivers eat. I don't want to give warning of our approach in case someone's watching. Oh. Look like rear lights of parked truck up ahead on the side of road, Mr. Brie. That's it, all right. Pull over and stop. Then we'll go the rest of the way on foot. And I hope we find what I'm expecting to find. Are you almost finished? Just about finished. Be sure you pull the little clip before you use those things, Max. Yeah, but I need one more. I only had two. I'll bring you one. 
I'll set that one, then we get started. Don't forget. You have to help me remove those two men. So hurry before someone comes along. I'll go back out there and wait. Come on, Max. Yeah, I'm finished. Now to get them out of the bay and take the talker. Oh, those Nazis! Look, we discovered her in a flashlight, Max. Yeah, who is it that... Goss. Look. Well, the notorious criminal, the Green Hornet. So you know me, huh? Anyone would know you with that mask on it. Why are you interfering in our business? Because I think it's a rotten business. That's why I'm here to stop it. And we won't let you stop him. Come aside, Max. I'll shoot him. I think not. Take a Nazi. Uh, you... <coughs> now for the other one. Careful of gun. He still have gun in hand. Yes, and I'll use it too. That's enough out of you, Scott. That do trick, Mr. Brace. What now? Help me lift them into the truck, quick. Yes, sir. <coughs> no other one. <coughs> we switch crates now for the... No, we haven't time. Here comes the man from the eating place and one of his customers. I'll just search this fellow and... Look, Cato. This is what we've been looking for. Leave it beside him. The police will know what to do. What's going on there? Who's shoot? Come on, Cato. Let's get away and quick. He'll get the police. Hey, stop! Wait! I'll get the cop! Good morning, Miss Case. Oh, good morning. Lowry's been up here looking for you. Really? What's on his mind? <laughs> well, maybe he wants you to pin a medal on him for the scoop he phoned in last night. Oh, that. Well, it was quite a scoop, all right, is that? Lowry deserves a lot of credit. And here he comes to get it. Hi, Chief. What do you think of that story? Great, Lowry. There's some details missing, though, seems to me. Oh, Gunnigan's got them all now. <laughs> you know, I suspected those pier fires were the work of saboteurs all along. Uh-huh. And can you imagine the way they were working it? How were they working it, Lowry? It's still a mystery to me. Well, they watched the war plants to see where they were sending their stuff for shipping. And then they'd follow a truck, wait until it stopped, and while the driver was in getting coffee... They'd get inside and insert incendiary pencils into the crates. So that was it, huh? Imagine. Yep. And when I got out there last night with Sarge, two of the guys were out cold in the back of the truck. One of them had one of the incendiary pencils. And when Sarge and the boys looked at the crate, they could see where the pencils were put in. So we all got busy and got them out in a hurry. I suppose the idea was to run the crates into the warehouses and leave them. And after a certain length of time, the incendiaries would burst into flames. Yeah, yeah. And that's the way they started those other two pier fires, Chief. Well, didn't you say that when you got out there, the two spies were out cold, Lowry? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And so were the truckers. How could that happen, Lowry? Well, the guy at the roadside beanery said that when he heard a shot, he ran out just in time to see two other guys running away from the truck. They were the ones who knocked the others out. Then some of the Nazis responsible for those fires are still at large, Lowry. Yeah, that's right. But they know who one of the two is, Chief. I guess he fell out with a gang. Know who he is? Who? Oh, why ask? It's the guy who's always mixed up in anything big around this town. And then always leaves his pals to take the rap. I know, Mr. Reed. Lowry speaking of the Green Hornet. Millions of American fighting men who will be spending December 25th overseas 
Christmas won't be Christmas unless their gifts from home arrive and arrive on time. The Army and Navy will do their level best to see that Christmas mail is delivered safely, but they can't do the entire job alone. Those of us who send the packages must help in every way we possibly can. Please remember these important facts. Wrap your gift securely in a strong box, not a shoe box. Remember that your package must not weigh more than five pounds when wrapped, and it must not measure more than 15 inches in length. Address your package completely and correctly on the inside box as well as the outside wrapping, and plainly mark it Christmas Gift Parcel. Be sure to listen to The Green Hornet next week at this same time. These copyrighted dramas originate in the studios of WXYZ Detroit. All characters, names, places, and incidents are fictitious. Bob Height speaking. This is the Blue Network.